I remember a while back, some friends and I got to get away on a little retreat. And we were so excited to have this time away. And I remember driving up this gravel road and parking our car in front of this little cabin. And we knew we were only going to have one night at this place. And there was so much that we wanted to fit into this time and so much that we wanted to get out of it. And it was like when we stepped in that door, we wanted to push start on amazing encounter with God. And isn't that like so often what we do? Is that we show up before God like like a puppy dog, right? And say, what do you got for me, God? Give it to me now. Give it to me quick. But intimacy takes time, doesn't it? And what I realized when I got into that cabin was that I needed to slow down, unwind, let my swirling brain settle down before I could be ready to receive what God had for me. And I don't know where you are coming into this retreat weekend. Some of you have come from far, some of you nearby. We're all coming at the end of a week, in the middle of a season, in the middle of life. And we want to give you the opportunity to kind of process where you are. Where is your heart at coming into this weekend? Didn't Ine Blume do an amazing job of just helping us settle and slow? Yeah. I love how peace-filled their music is and just how much it helps us to, to slow and to settle. You know, when you go to a doctor's appointment, one of the first things the doctor will do before anything else is take out a stethoscope and check your heart. So what we're going to do right now is give you some time to check your heart. You guys all have Play-Doh at your tables. Did you wonder what that was for? You're going to take that Play-Doh and we're going to give you some time to shape that Play-Doh into something that represents how your heart is right now, coming into this weekend. Be assured that this requires absolutely no artistic ability. Uh, A friend of mine, when we did this together, she took her Play-Doh And she just flattened it like a pancake. And she said, this is me. Flat. Stretched thin. Maybe that's you this weekend. Maybe you're in a really sweet season of life right now. Shape something that represents that. Okay? So, we're going to give you some time to do that. And then, I don't know if you know this, but you, you are on a journey this weekend. And it's one thing to go on a journey alone, but it's another thing to journey with companions. Companions help you process your experience. And so, when we give you this time, you're going to first shape your Play-Doh into something that represents your heart right now. 
And then you're going to turn and form groups of just three or four. Just three or four of you. If you have more than four, you're not going to have, not everyone's going to have a chance to share. So don't do more than four. But turn and share in your group. Because these are your journey companions this weekend. Share with one another how your heart is coming into this retreat. Okay, we're going to give you 15 minutes to do this. And when you have five minutes left, because I was a teacher in my former life, I'm going to ring a bell so that um, you know you have five minutes left. And then I'll ring it again when you have one minute left, just to make sure everybody's getting a chance to share. Okay, so shape your Play-Doh and then share with each other. Well, I hope that was a good time of sharing for you. Isn't it interesting how art helps us process things in a different way? If I had told all of you to, you know, get into a group and turn and share how you're doing, you would have given one answer. But when you use art, and yeah, Plato is art, you get a different, perhaps deeper response. So now that we have acknowledged where our hearts are at coming into this weekend, let's talk about where we're going. Where are we headed? Because we're on a journey this weekend. And I don't know if anyone told you this, but you are not at the main event right now. This main session is not the main event of the weekend. Tonight's uh, siblings improv comedy show and spa night are not the main events of the weekend. Although, how amazing are those, right? I mean, raise your hand if that's really why you came this weekend. (laughs) I know that the reason you, or I know you probably didn't come this weekend because you heard I was speaking, because most of you have probably never heard my name before, and I'm totally okay with that. Because this weekend is not about hearing what I have to say. The main event of this weekend is tomorrow morning at 10.30. Tomorrow morning at 10.30, you are going to have an hour and a half to be alone with God. And when I say alone, I mean alone in a room with hundreds of you, but we're going to spread out across this room, up in the bleachers, The music is going to be playing. This is going to be sacred space for you to meet with the Father. Tonight's session and tomorrow morning's session are going to be preparing us for that time. During that hour and a half that you will have, we have a team of people that are going to be praying for you. Tomorrow morning, you're going to get um, a card and you can write out what you want us to be praying for during that time. Because we are going to be praying that the Spirit of God moves in a very personal, very intimate, very powerful way during that time. Tomorrow afternoon session is going to be to process and share and celebrate what God does during that time. Okay, that's where we're headed. So let's begin. I would like to begin by describing attention 
that exists in the life of a Christian woman. Okay, tell me if this is you. You believe in the existence of God. You believe the Bible is true. You believe in the redeeming work of Jesus on the cross. You believe in the Holy Spirit's presence and action in your life. You believe that the commands and promises of God are true. Right? But, but, when you read the commands and promises of God in scripture, there is a disconnect that often happens. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you read verses like this, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not be anxious about anything. Rejoice in the Lord always. The peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Can I ask you a very real question? Does that, that that list of verses there, does that describe your life? As a follower of Christ, are, are these things a reality for you? Are any of these a reality for you? Now, you're probably thinking, well, no, I mean, those are the ideals. That's how we should be living, but we're not ever actually going to get there this side of heaven. So why stress about it? Worry and discontent, those are just part of life. Just get used to it. Or maybe you long for that kind of life. Maybe you you are desperate for that kind of life that Jesus and Paul describe in these verses. And yet you live in the constant tension of continually failing to live like that. With wrestling, with discontent and worry, lack of fulfillment. And then... You feel guilty on top of all of that because you know that's not how you're supposed to be living. You're supposed to be living like that. And you're failing, so then you feel guilty on top of all that. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Don't we long to be free? To be free of all that? To be truly free? Don't we long to live the abundant life that Jesus died to give us? A life that is content, rejoicing, not full of worry, but rather filled with peace. You don't come out of the baptistry into a life like that, right? It's journey. But how do we get there? 
And I don't mean how hypothetically, but how actually, how practically. Let's start in John 8. John 8, verse 1. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, to the people who believed in him, did you catch that? You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Did you catch that beginning there? That it is possible to believe in Jesus and not be free. Jesus is talking to people who believed in him. It's one thing to believe in Jesus, but it's another thing to follow, to be transformed by his teachings. His teachings are what bring us truth, and the truth sets us free. Free free to what? I mean, this idea of freedom, being free, what, what does that mean? Does anyone wrestle with that question? If that's in your mind right now, I want you to hold it there because we're going to get there. Just not yet. Okay? We will unpack that. But not yet. Because sometimes you don't know what freedom is until you've experienced it. You can be in bondage and not even realize it. Bondage. Well, that's a strong word, isn't it? I think most of us like to... I mean, we we know that bondage exists in our life before we meet Jesus, right? And then when we meet Jesus, there is that bondage breaking that occurs. And if... If that has not occurred for you, I want you to know that this weekend is for you. If you're like, I mean, honestly, I don't know what I believe about the existence of God or the Bible or all of it. I, I just have a lot of questions I'm wrestling with on that, honestly. And I want you to know that's okay. And this weekend is for you. And I truly believe God has something very personal that he wants to speak into you this weekend. And and I would love to talk with you through those tough questions. For everyone who has had that bondage-breaking, meeting Jesus experience, you know Jesus as your Savior. And so bondage is behind you, right? We don't deal with that anymore. We're free. that true when we come to Jesus there is the bondage breaking of eternal separation from God that is done 
right? There is the living with purpose that we have, right? All of that changes when you meet Jesus. But meeting Jesus doesn't mean we are free from lies and sin, right? We, we know this because we're not sinless. <laughs> but do we realize that the sin in our life is, is flowing out of a lie that we believe? Have you thought about that? The sin in our lives is flowing out of a lie that we believe. We want to be free. But do we know the bondage we're in? So let me ask you. Is there bondage in your life? The people in this passage in John 8, they react strongly to that word bondage. They say, slaves? Oh, no, no, not not us. We're not in bondage. And many of us would probably say the same. Not, not bondage. But are you free from worry? Are you free from discontentment? If not, well, the opposite of freedom is bondage. The lies that we believe are the motivation that we have for our sins in our lives. And so we are on a journey this weekend. Because there is this life that Jesus offers us, this life that is free of bondage, and it's not a carrot on a string. It's not this thing that we can just not ever have this side of heaven. We can be free. His promises are for this life. With every lie that we disbelieve, with every sin pattern that we break, with every truth we come to realize, we get to experience a deeper and deeper reality of the life that he offers us. So I would like to propose that if you are not experiencing the freedom of Christ, if you are not living the kind of life that was described in those verses we read, it's because there's an issue of bondage. And that's what we're going on a journey to discover this weekend. So how does this happen? How do we find this journey to freedom? Well, we read in the verse in John 8 that truth sets us free, right? So we have this image here. Truth leads to freedom. And the opposite of freedom is bondage. And the opposite of truth is lies. So if truth leads to freedom, then lies 
lead to bondage. So the only way to get from truth, from bondage to freedom, is to go through this. Oh, was there another one? All right. There we go. So you have, you, you have the bondage, right? And the bondage is coming out of the lies that we believe. And the only way to move from bondage into freedom is to replace the lies with truth. The truth leads to freedom. The truth sets you free. And you see how it, it works both ways? <laughs> truth is replaced with lies that leads to bondage. That's how we got into the bondage. Now, this could have happened with values that you were raised with, where there was freedom, but then the, the truth got replaced with lies, and that creates the bondage. That can happen through a, a really hard, difficult experience, a really wounding experience or series of experiences that cause us to just take that lie and swallow it whole. And it becomes part of who we are. So to get to freedom, we've got to replace the lies with truth. And that's easy to say, right? But how does it happen? To replace the lies, you first have to identify them. And those lies are buried in our bondage. So we're going to start with the bondage, okay? What areas of your life do you feel stuck in? What feels heavy, fills you with worry, anxiety, a lack of peace, a struggle that you just can't break free of, that you keep coming back to again and again? That's your bondage. Maybe you know your bondage right away. You don't have to think about it. It's like, yep, I know what it is. Maybe you're not sure. And I want to ask that you begin thinking and praying that God would reveal that to you. Because this weekend is a journey towards freedom. Begin asking God where he wants to bring freedom to you. What area of your life is there bondage? Because bondage comes from our lies that have to be replaced with truth in order to get to the freedom. With the help of the Holy Spirit, after you have this area of bondage identified, you got to dig in and find the lies, which is not easy because if we knew they were lies, we wouldn't be believing them, right? Tomorrow morning in the time that you're going to have You're going to go through this guide and you're going to do that digging in. And one of the ways to do that is to to identify the fears that you have. Because those fears speak out of the lies. And you can almost always trace the lies to a lie that you're believing about yourself or a lie that you're believing about God.
So you're going to identify those lies. And then you're going to ask God to speak truth into you. Because it's one thing to identify a lie. But unless that lie is dug out, thrown out, and replaced with truth, it will stay there and it will come back and come back. The truth of God has to come in and replace that lie. So that's the overview of the journey. Okay? And you have likely been through this journey already. Right? In some area of your life. Of moving from bondage into freedom by identifying lies, replacing them with truth. Can you think back in your life about experiences and times that that has happened for you? But here's the thing. We can have multiple areas of bondage in our life. And they kind of surface at different times. I'd like to share with you um, three examples in my own life where I have gone through this process. And I just see what it sparks in you and in your journey as we seek to identify these areas of bondage that exist in our life. So the first example from my own life comes from a time I, I was in a relationship with someone that was very important to me. And a series of things happened that were very wounding. Where I was left extremely wounded by what this person had done. It was one of those things where it just feels like a cloud is hanging over you. Where you don't know how to get out of this kind of pain. I mean, I would wake up thinking about it. I would carry it with me all through the day. And I would go to bed with it weighing on me. And at the time, I wouldn't have called it bondage. I just knew I wasn't okay. I just knew I was really hurt. And I didn't know how to move on. How do you forgive someone for hurting you deeply? I felt stuck in the pain and didn't know how to get out. Didn't know how to be free of it. And that was my bondage. Through the help of a counselor, I was able to identify the lie that I believed. I believed that in order to forgive this person, this person had to acknowledge, they had to understand They had to acknowledge to me what they had done wrong. You know what that feels like? Have you ever been there? Just waiting, hoping that they would get it. They would know. They would admit. I believe that had to happen for me to forgive. But that's a lie. That's a lie I was believing. And that was the lie that had me stuck in the bondage. Guided by that counselor in a very intimate prayer experience, God spoke truth to me. He said, do you remember Jesus' words on the cross? 
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And suddenly in that moment, I saw God the Father forgiving me of all the things that I knew not what I did. That's how God forgives me. That's how I was to forgive. That was truth. I left that counselor's office with that cloud lifted. It, it's one of those things you, you, you can't explain. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly you are free. I walked out of that counselor's office having forgiven. I was free. Because of the lie that had been replaced with truth. It set me free. Another example of this process occurred in my marriage. And this one is a little tender to share. But it's normal, right, for wives to have expectations of their husbands and to be frustrated when those expectations are not met, right? That happens in marriage, that happens in any relationship that you're in. But we had developed a pattern in our marriage where my husband felt like he could never live up to my expectations. He tried, but I was continually frustrated and critical. And he was left feeling like he was not enough. Has your marriage ever been there? Or a relationship in your life? There was not freedom in our marriage. And there was a moment in which I realized that God had made me, as his wife, to be his number one fan. But actually, I was his number one critic. Why? (laughs) Why did this happen? Why did this dynamic exist? I, I tried to change. I tried to be more encouraging. I tried to be less critical. But the cycle continued. Here's what broke it. I realized the lie that I was believing that caused me to act in the way that I did. I believed the lie that I deserved more. I believed that I deserved for my husband to do this or to not do that. I believed that I deserved for my husband to meet my unrealistic expectations. And when I identified that lie, it broke me. I came in tears to my husband. There's this kind of healthy disgust that you have with your own sin 
when you come to repentance. What I was able to see then was the truth. And God spoke that truth into me, which was that God had given me an incredible gift in my husband. It was far more than I deserved. And when that occurred, it was a turning point in our marriage. I was now able to view my husband through a lens of gratitude rather rather than entitlement. And it's amazing how much different your husband is when you look at him through that lens. There was a new freedom in our marriage that breathed joy for both of us. From bondage to freedom because a lie was identified and replaced with truth. Now in both of those examples, the example of unforgiveness and the example I just shared within marriage, that moment was pretty definitive for me. Like I can think back to when it happened. And I mean, I can testify that the Holy Spirit can and does work in that way. And I am praying that you will have that kind of Holy Spirit moment tomorrow. That the Holy Spirit will give you eyes to see the lies and that he will speak truth into your heart tomorrow. As you process with him, as you dig into his word, that is my prayer for you. In this third example that I want to share, it was a gradual process of identifying the lies and replacing with truth. And maybe that will be for you tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow will be a step in that journey. The final example that I want to share is about role and identity. Um, They shared at the beginning that I am the founder of Velvet Ashes, a ministry. And to make, uh, you may not be familiar with what that is, and to make a very long story short, um, my husband and my children and I were living and serving in Asia. And during that time, God planted the vision in my heart for there to be an online space for women to connect to share in authentic ways, um, to encourage one another in their life and their walk with Jesus. So I gathered a team of people together, and we launched this. And it grew very quickly. We started with a blog, and we had connection groups, an annual online retreat. We're about to have our next online retreat here coming up, and we have... Nearly a thousand women in 94 different countries that are participating in this online retreat. And it is amazing to see the way that God shows up for women in that time and speaks to them so personally, so powerfully. And it has, see, the thing is, is that you can be in bondage to really, really good things. 
I launched this thing, I poured myself into it. And in the process, my identity became tangled up in it. If it was a success, then I was a success. If it was going really well, then surely God was really pleased with me. If it failed, then surely that meant I was a failure. When those are the lies that you believe, the bondage is real. You work beyond what is healthy. You sacrifice things that God has not called you to sacrifice. And it has been a gradual process of identifying those lies and encountering God's truth for me. And his truth is that he is pleased with me, whether I have a successful ministry or not. He is pleased with me, whether my house is clean or a disaster. He is pleased with me, whether my children are well-behaved or a hot mess. He is pleased with me, not because of anything that I do or do not do, but because of who I am in Him. His creation, bought with His blood. No earning, no proving. That truth, deeply rooted in my heart, has brought transforming freedom. Suddenly my role as a leader is not something that I have to do. It's something I get to do. Or not. Either way, it's okay. I'm okay. That kind of freedom brings life and joy and lightness. Do you see the process? From bondage, identifying the lies, moving into God's truth for you, and that sets you free. This is the journey that he offers us. In every area of our lives, this can happen. As we close tonight, I hope that you go and have an amazing time, siblings show at the spa time, and as you go to bed tonight, And as you wake up in the morning, would you be thinking, would you be praying, would you be asking God to help you see an area of your life where bondage exists? What part of your life do you find yourself continually worrying, frustrated, overwhelmed, discontent, stuck? What area of your life Does God want to bring freedom? And would you dare to believe that he can do that in you tomorrow?